Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. It's March Madness time. Well, it's kind of cold right now, but it has been pretending like it's about to get springtime, which means it's time to get drunk. But don't drink and drive. Do the smart thing. Have a friend come pick you up. Uber, taxi, walk. I don't care. But if you or a loved one find yourself needing legal representation, Marcos Garza and his team of lawyers are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. They're going to work tirelessly to get you the best result possible for your case. They've been doing it a long time, and they got the plaques and the records and the awards to prove it. GarzaLaw.com. You can talk to someone 24-7, 365 on their chat menu. You can call them at 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. It's March Madness time. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, a March Madness edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Tuesday, Pa Day, March 14th. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Good to hear your voice as always. Sound better than I did last episode. And then, you know, last week I didn't didn't do do one, but I sounded a little bit better that week too. But I'm progressing. I'm I'm almost healthy. How are you, friend? I'm good. It's a pretty good time of year. Optimism. It's optimism is flowing on the Discord. It's flowing through the streets of Knoxville. It's all the way down in Alabama as well. Why not us? Why not us? <laughs> yeah. Why not? I guess we'll find out soon. There will be a painful reminder at some point. Why not us? But until we get that painful reminder, I need you to do me a favor and ball the fuck up. Oh, it's the best time to be a fan. This is the best time to be a fan. These uh couple of days are the best time to be a fan. So you might as well enjoy it. That's for sure. This is why we watch college basketball. This is why we put up with the non-conference games. It's to get to March and have a chance to do something uh, fun. Do something sweet. Maybe even a little elite. And I want you to be positive today. I, I am positive. I am positive. I am positive. I mean, we can beat. We certainly can go to the Sweet 16. I, we're, you know, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me in, in the slightest if we make it to the Sweet 16. It won't surprise me if we go to the Final Four. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? Why are you limiting this team to a Sweet 16? I, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking about 
I'm thinking about how easy the bottom half of our bracket is compared to the top half. Does one single person in the United States take Marquette seriously? Because I'm telling you right now, I don't. And if you do, you are a loser. You are a loser. They play in the Big East. Nobody cares about the Big East. Nobody watches it. Okay, this is not 1985. John Thompson is not roaming the sidelines with Patrick Ewing. Okay, Georgetown's not good anymore. Nobody cares about the Big East. I used to love the Big East in like 2000, like six or seven though because the tournament was amazing the tournament was amazing but it sucks now nobody cares does anybody does anybody take marquette seriously the, the answer is no Dwayne wade not walking through that door does anybody take kansas state seriously absolutely not if you pulled 100 people they would rather play kansas state than duke so i was just thinking about how kentucky really like the path for kentucky is just right is just wide open and the path for Tennessee, every single team in our top half won the conference tournament except us, which doesn't mean anything, but it's just a funny stat. Like, it's just a funny stat. I mean, it's just funny. It's just ridiculous. Like, it just, it makes me mad that Kentucky gets to play Kansas State in that second game. But, I mean, if we come out of the top, then we get an easy, easy bottom game. So, I mean, the Final Four, that's why I'm asking, why are you stopping us if we... I'm not I'm not stopping them at the Final Four. They go, they go to the Final Four. Like they said, you got to win two uh, four-team tournaments to get the Final Four. Just win two four-team tournaments. Let's just get there. I've been I've been saying that, you know, if we win our second-round game, we're going to the Elite Eight because I think, you know, give us a couple of days to re- prepare for a big game, I think we'll be there and ready to play. I find the idea, the mere idea, the mere thought of losing another NCAA tournament game to a Big Ten team so nauseating, I cannot even elucidate how sick to my stomach I get. I I do not live in Memphis like my best friend Luke does, or like some of the the Discorders that are Memphis natives, but I would much rather play Memphis in the Sweet 16 than Purdue. The idea of losing to Purdue and a Big Ten team again in the Sweet 16 is like so just, you know, Memphis don't mean nothing to me. Memphis never hurt me like Ryan Klein did. Memphis never kicked its leg out on a three-point shot and got a phantom foul like what's-his-name did that played for the Celtics. He might still play for the Celtics. I don't know. He does. it. I think he's out of the league. Carson Edwards. You know, Memphis never did that to me. You know, Memphis... Penny's done a pretty good job. They're, they're 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 a pretty fun team to watch. They never they've never hurt me like Purdue has. Okay, they've never hurt me like the Big Ten has. I can't take it. Sign me up to get run out of the gym by the Florida Atlantic University Owls in the Sweet Sixteen over losing again to Purdue or in in, in the Big Ten. I'm a little surprised by that. We have lost to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, Michigan kicks our ass. Like, just think about how many times we've lost to Michigan. If we lost, if we lost to Purdue, that would be the sixth NCAA tournament loss to a Big Ten team since 07. It is bad for you, who always talks about how overrated the conference is. Well, they are overrated. This year, thankfully, they didn't get as much love. I mean, the number two team in the Big Ten got a four seed. It seemed like every single team in the Big Ten went 19 and 13. Um, I, I can't stomach it. I can't. I don't know if I have any real beef with Memphis fans either, but 
having a eight seed or a nine seed, whatever the hell they are, knock us out when we have a path to the Elite Eight would probably hurt more, worse than losing to a one seed. Oh, yeah, it's it's worse, but I just don't want to lose to a Big Ten team. No, I hear you. I know, I hear you. I'm just saying I would be able to stomach a loss to Purdue easier than I would be to an eight or a nine seed. And I'm not saying that what I'm saying is sensical or logical, but that's the beauty of being a fan. We do nonsensical things. and I just cannot stomach the idea of losing to them again in the Sweet 16 and a Big Ten team again. Just... I'm out. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see Alex Lomax in his tenth year of college basketball just rain threes. Well, we got to get there first. Right now, we are an minus one ten, which basically in gambling means a fifty fifty proposition to get there. That's our odds right now to be a Sweet Sixteen team. As we sit here right now, Tuesday five twenty five Eastern time, do you think we get to the Sweet Sixteen? No. What the hell did I say at the beginning of the podcast? I mean, I think it could happen, but if you're asking me like gun to my head, no. I don't have a gun to your head. Well, let's just pretend this I isn't do. real. I'm not asking you to put real money on it. I'm asking you to fire the crowd up, to fire the people up. I thought this was a positive podcast. It is, and I think that if you're sitting here... You just said we're not going to the Sweet 16. No. What's positive about that? Well, you, I mean, I'm not being negative. I just, do I think so? No. Does that mean I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to root like crazy for him. I mean, I'm going to be sitting there cheering in my living room, going crazy, banging on my coffee table. I mean, I. Is that your, is that what you do? You bang on the coffee table? Yeah. Like I sit, like I just start with both hands, just start yelling and banging on it. Like, yeah. When Admiral, when Admiral hit that three to go up against Purdue, I like jumped up and spilled a LaCroix. I was, you know, I just, I just like to bang on the coffee table, yell. That's what I do. But I'm, I'm a pacer. Yeah. I pace, which Frank hates. He gets so mad when I pace. If it's an angry pace, he has been known to piss on the floor just to make me mad, I think, just because he's scared. And I can't even get mad at him because I'm the one making him piss himself. If I'm watching it at my parents, I, I get up off the love seat and I go to the, the doorway and I put my hands on top of the on top of the door frame and just like grip the door frame, just like white knuckle it and just sit there and watch. And then that's really close to the front door. So if like Loyola hits a buzzer beater, for instance, I can just walk out the front door and just go on a walk. A friend of mine is trying to and is maybe successfully courting me down to Orlando for the tournament. Please, I'm asking you to talk me out of it. Don't since go, since dude. Since you're clearly negative, I need you to talk me out of it. No. Since you haven't supported the boys in person in a big game in, in years. Like, why would you go? I need you to talk me out of it. Absolutely not. Do not go to this. Flight would be comped. He's got points he's going to use. We've got someone who lives 45 minutes away from Orlando who... Is gone for the week that said we can use their house. So I'd really only be in the hook on the hook for like a rental car and some tickets and time. Like I mean I've been like it's fun going to the first two rounds, obviously. You know, it's I've 
but just I would just wait for next weekend and see if they make it. Like that's the, like beating Duke though. If you beat Duke, that'd be a big game. Would be very cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Playing, uh, you know, if you get lucky and you play blow blowjob Bob, that would be one where you're favored in pretty big, and you know you should win that one. Celebrating a Sweet 16 in person, you know, it's not something we get to do all the time. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. well I, originally was, I originally said no, but he's been pretty persistent, and the, the free stuff has been adding up. But you still say no. Don't go and don't go. I'm, like, I, I, I've just, you know, I've been to enough games now that, like, I'm not going to go for, like, the first round. Oh, so you're saying it's not a big game. Well, ideally, I wanted to go just Saturday and come back Sunday, but he said he wanted to go see a win. Sounds like he's not. See, like that to me is definitely like I have. There is nothing appealing about going to a 10 o'clock local time tip against Louisiana. I was thinking that going there early enough to root on Oral Roberts would be fun, though. Yeah. To go there and maybe hope Duke loses. That could be fun. Come in in the second half. Yeah. Well, then I was thinking if I was going to do it, I would bet on Tennessee to make the Sweet 16 because I get better odds than betting on Duke. And then if we make it to the Sweet 16, I'd just use that money to go up to the to Madison Square Garden to beat Purdue. That, that was my plan. The last time you told me something about this was the very first weekend of football season when you told, when you went to Vegas during the Pittsburgh game. And you said as soon as, as, soon as you got off the plane, you were going to take Tennessee money line. You're going to take Tennessee against, with the spread against Pitt and the, the Titans – money line against the Giants to pay for the trip. It was both money lines. It was both money The Giants lines. won that game, did they not? Yeah, the Titans missed a field goal at the gun, and I was surrounded by Giants fans cheering, and that was a pretty miserable time. I lost a lot of money on that trip. However, I just won a bunch of money on my trip to Vegas last week, thanks to Arizona and thanks to my friends, the Sacramento Kings. No thanks well, a little things. We did cover against Ole Miss, but no thanks to the Vols. So I got a little extra playing money. If you got to go to both of those games, I don't know why you're going to go, man. That first game is terrible. Like, like, who cares if we win that game? Who cares if we beat Louisiana? Who cares if we win a tournament game? Like, like you're going to be thankful. You're going to be, like, that thankful that you were there for the four. Ver- like, obviously, it does matter, and I do care. But, like, who cares about being there? Well, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there, but my friend does. And I told you, a free flight is contingent on us going Thursday. And the flights are like seven or eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, flights flights suck. Oh yeah. Unless I drive to Atlanta, then it's like four ninety. But I don't really want to drive to Atlanta. And I don't really, I wouldn't pay five hundred dollars for a flight to go down there. Can you get direct to Orlando from? No, we gotta do Knoxville to Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. It's only like four hours. It's not crazy. No. I used to hate driving to Orlando for work. I mean, you'd fly into Orlando for work because you, you couldn't do it direct. So by the time I drove, it would be just as quick as if I'd flown and gotten a rental car. Yeah, not for me. I was looking how far it was to drive. It was like 10 hours from Knoxville, so it would not be the same in that regard. I would not do that either. But Tennessee Duke would feel like a thing, no? Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, yeah, it would be cool. It would be cool to beat them. And Kentucky, who, who else is down in who else is down in Orlando? Uh, I have no idea. Know? I have no idea. Yeah, me, honestly, me neither. Yeah, me neither. 
I was thinking Kentucky, but I know they're not. I guess, like, to me, it just comes down to this single team. And, like, I just, man, it would be cool if they were going to run and everything would be forgiven. But when was the last time they played good games back-to-back? Well, Brother uh, Toy in the Discord made a good point. He says we could play a, a average game against Louisiana and save our good game for Duke. And that's true. I even said, like, I will feel better about the Duke game if we gut out a win Thursday night by, like, five. If we come out and torch Louisiana and just Josiah hitting everything from three, we are about to get run by Duke. You can take it to the bank. These boys, they have not played good games back-to-back, and I don't know how long. Seriously, I do not know how long. Somebody tell me when the last time they played good games back-to-back was. They haven't won a close game since Auburn, which wasn't even a real basketball game. Alabama was single digits. I mean, they I wouldn't call it close, necessarily, but it was like a six-point game with a couple minutes left. Yeah, you know, I mean, they just... God, they're maddening, man. They just fold. I know they're full of seniors and they fold. Do you make that because of Zakai? Do you think that's because because everyone keeps crediting? No, no, it's insane to me that they do. They hadn't beaten they 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 hadn't like before Zakai went out. They like they're five and seven in their last twelve. Zakai's missed the last three. Okay, there's that. Well, I just I just mean the end of the game stuff. No, I don't put that anything on Zakai because like it's not like Zakai some like calming floor general. Yeah, he's a guy who fouled ninety feet away. He's from a whirling so. dervish. I mean, like he's a lunatic. I don't think anybody sees like Zakai thinks. Deep breaths. Okay, I'm calm now. Like we got C.J. Watson out there running the point. I mean, give me a break. Like no, I don't put it on Zakai at all. They just I don't know what it is. Uh, they got three seniors that have all started for multiple years, and they fold. I wanted to beat Missouri just because I wanted these boys to win one close game, a back-and-forth close game. Like, yeah, Alabama was a close game, but Tennessee had the lead. Ten- they weren't catching up. Like, I bet, like the Missouri game was back-and-forth. It had the feel of a tournament game. It was back-and-forth. It was a fun little game, and... They, what, went on like a 10-2 run or something with like a minute 45 left? I mean, we just totally folded because that's what we do. I wanted to beat Missouri just because I wanted them to win a close game for once, but they have not won a close game in a long time. And like I said, the Auburn game, that game was not even real basketball. So I don't attribute it to Zakai at all. And I really didn't even want to say anything like this because I, I don't think talking like this is even... It doesn't really matter right now. Like, right now, all that matters is, like, just rooting on these boys and hoping that, you know, they can, like, go to the Sweet 16. But, man. Yeah, I didn't want to bring up the Missouri game just because there was no benefit in it. It is over. They're a bad matchup. I will say that when you say it felt like a tournament game, it's true, which also made me mad because I feel like Barnes, that was one of his worst coach games. Uh, I, I... I'm okay if we go small. Like, I thought that it was a bad decision to go small, like, with against Missouri because, like, it wasn't like your small guys could stop Kobe Brown either. I don't know if anybody on your team could have stopped him on that day or whatever. But, like, if you're going to go small and play Josiah at the five, you simply cannot have Tyreek Key at the two because he can't guard anybody. So, like, 
the idea about going small is that you have guys on the perimeter who can stay in front of people. And, like, Tyreek Key was getting abused. And, like, if you're small, you don't have a rim protector, obviously. So it was like it felt like a layup line at times. I completely want to go small sometimes. But, again, like, it, it that that's where we missed Sakai, I thought, was that, like, you know, maybe you could make it work if he's out there and able to stay in front of his guy. But I don't feel like Key is anywhere near quick enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like, Jonas Adu was beyond atrocious against them and and maybe a Waka wouldn't have been better and you know Uros couldn't play against them either I, I I just don't think your number two guy could be out there and be key I thought more than anything it was that Missouri is 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 shooting these threes from the next county and they're making them and it's like yeah 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 they're the best three-point shooting team in the conference blah 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 if they shot like this every game and they did both times they played Tennessee but if they shot like this every game they would have done a lot better than 11 and 7 it was just maddening to me. Like, they, like they have these dudes shooting from so far away, and Josiah can't stay in front of North or whatever the 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 big thick guy that's built like a fire hydrant that runs a point guard for them. It, like, it was just an annoying game. I mean, again, they, they got three seniors, and I just don't know how Tennessee beats a good team if all three don't show up. And against Missouri, Santi was there the whole game, Olivier was there for a half, and Josiah was not there any. All right, enough. Put your clown makeup back on. Enough. We're taking a turn to negative town, and I don't want to be negative today. Start getting your clown makeup oh, on. Oh, my, I'm ready. I'm ready. Jonas asks how far this team needs to go to kind of salvage the season, in your opinion. He asks if beating Duke to get to the Sweet 16 would be enough. Uh, Yeah, for me, it, it is because for me, with Tennessee basketball outside of very special teams, the goal is always get to the second weekend and roll the dice. This is not a very special team, <laughs> to say the least. So, yeah, for me, I think especially without Zakai Ziegler at this point, I mean, not that I'm like blaming our losses on him or whatever, but without him, yeah, I think a Sweet 16 salvages the season. I think getting to that second weekend does. Enough to where you think the season was a success. Yeah, I, yeah. For Tennessee basketball, I think getting to the second. I think that the I think that the one time that like getting to the second weekend might not be like a real success is if you like truly underachieve and get the play in game and then get hot. Kind of thing like like Conzo's team. How many NBA players are on that team? Like how many guys played in the NBA on that team? And they were a play-in team. They were the 11th seed in the play-in game. Like, yeah, they got to the Sweet 16, but they beat an 11, a 6 from the A-10, and then a 14 seed. Well, my thing is, if you get to the Sweet 16, you're going to be favored in your in your game, almost assuredly. You'll, you'll be, at worst, a pick them against Purdue. Just because, I mean, the metrics, the, the, the analytical community usually has – like their projections, their rankings is usually pretty in lockstep with Vegas. Not always, but for the most part. And Tennessee's been ranked as a better team than Purdue. Yeah. So like either either you play Purdue or you play Memphis or whoever Memphis is playing, and like you'll be a favorite over them as well. That's yeah, and that's that's fully true. And also you could hand me a sheaf of papers with all the analytics in the world concerning this college basketball season and I would light them on fire. Who cares? 
Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got a patron and friends only uh, March Madness bracket pool. I need to send the link out on Patreon so that you can get in it. There is a channel open on the Discord right now. It's on ESPN as well. A new $10 patron, Jared Smith. Shout out to Brother Jared. We love you and appreciate you. Yeah, shout out to Jared. Thanks for uh, joining. I believe that is uh, Friends of Jonathan Toy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jared. Yeah, Brother Jared. He has like a PhD from like Cornell or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, okay. he's like a he's like a he's like a genius. How does that make you feel to no longer be the uh, smartest person in the Discord? He is a professor at NYU. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, How does it feel? Uh, it so makes me feel good that he wants anymore. to listen to me. It makes me feel good that he wants to listen to me. He sounds like a fine young man. Jonathan loves him, so welcome, brother Jared. We are glad to have you. I maintain we have the smartest fan base, so glad that we could take that up a couple pegs. Brother AJ asks what do we bleed well seth i think he's asking you we bleed orange aj we bleed orange the question is uh are we bleeding from celebrating or are we cutting our wrists and thighs well i mean being stabbed i, I find the I, by ghost face i find the I, bleeding out i find the idea of getting that torn up over this basketball team ludicrous like it's go- we get it bro you don't like them we get it you're so above the no wait no fans. it goes what i was gonna say you- is it goes back to that question we had about is this team as lovable as grant and admiral and it's like yeah what? it's not even likable what? Like, like man i will be sad like i really like josiah james as a person i hope to god for his sake he becomes the baller that he can be i like rick barnes as crazy as he drives us, I can't imagine what it does to him. Imagine his wife. I love Santi Vescovi. I want these boys to do good. I think there's only like a 50-50 chance you even make it to the end of the game on Thursday, <laughs> the way you talk about this team. Man, I can't wait. I cannot wait for when we start out like 5 to nothing. It's, we're down like five to nothing, and people are like, you can't take these timeouts home with you, Rick. It's like, we ain't played 60 seconds yet, and these people are just furious. They're furious at Rick Barnes for not calling timeouts. Like, Louisiana's going to hit some three that's a prayer at the end of the shot clock, and the Discord's going to be pining. You can't take your timeouts home with you, Rick. Why don't you use a timeout? Why don't you get in the ref's face? Like I, I will say, nothing pops me like a quick early timeout, though. I was watching the... Bucks and Kings last night, and on like the third possession of the game, a minute and a half into it, Giannis dunked one on the fast break, and Mike Brown caught a timeout and got right in Kevin Herter's face and just started bitching him out and set the tone. They got up at the, you know, they started playing really good after that, but they still lost. But still, I like it when the coach tries to uh, send a message. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Barnes to do that. Just start yelling at people right from the get, right from the get go. Mike Brown Although, is the head coach of the Kings. <laughs> he's going to win coach of the year this year. Who knew? Who knew? Good for good for brother Mike. He's he's, he's always seemed like a cool dude. Here. Yeah. Brother Blue Moon Vol asks, uh, "Hot board for the Western Kentucky University job?" What a dumbass question. Uh, ask me again next week, BMV, because if we lose before the round of uh, thirty-two, or maybe even in the Sweet Sixteen, I'll say Rick Barnes should be number one. On the I board. have an answer for you, brother Blue Moon Vol. Darren Horn, former head coach of Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers, 
is in the NCAA tournament for the second time in four years at Northern Kentucky. He is head coach of the Norse. It's time to bring him back home where he took WKU to a Sweet 16 in 0708, which I believe they made on a buzzer beater, either in the first or second round, but you can fact check me on that. Bring Darren Horn back home. Uh, he sucked at South Carolina. He's not ready for the big time like SEC basketball, who is, but he's ready to come back home to Western Kentucky. So he left, went to coach South Carolina, failed, then got hired at Northern Kentucky? Yeah, he like set out for years. Uh, he was an assistant at Texas for a while. I think he was on SEC Network for a while. Um, okay, well, there's your answer, BMV. Darren Horn. I don't know why you placated him with that, but either well, way. Well, I love Brother Blumenthal. It was a good answer. Brother I mean, CB good. Brother CB asks, who has more on the line for the Vol success, Barnes or the Basketball Metrics Industrial Complex? Will Warren hot seat right now. I mean, Barnes, at this point, there's no hot seat for Barnes. Exactly. That, that's either going to be exactly who he's always been, and everyone will make their jokes at his behest, or he will accomplish something and, you know, make people feel good about him. The the nerds and the numbers who keep saying this team is a top five team, despite the eye test saying they are not a top five team, they are on the hot seat. Now, I will say there are some outliers statistically. We understand that. But at some point, Tennessee has to look like the team they're telling us they are. There is no, there is nothing on the line for Rick Barnes. Who, who is like, like everyone knows what Rick Barnes, it's not even a joke anymore. People just feel bad for him. Like people don't even joke about Rick Barnes anymore. It like everyone just knows there's nothing on the line. However, the basketball metrics industrial complex have done nothing but take L's this entire year by the eye test. The eye test, the Chad eye test versus the Virgin Basketball Metrics Industrial Complex. The BMIC has done nothing but get pwned all year. The only thing, the only thing, the only reason that the BMIC has a pulse right now, and it is hanging on to the cliff's edge by a fingernail, is that Tennessee ranks 324th in luck on Ken Palm. That is the only thing. The, the pulse is so faint that you wouldn't even be able to feel it if you put your finger to the neck of the BMIC. It's dead. It's buried alive. It's not dead. It's just buried alive. The only thing that is keeping that heart pumping the most, the tiniest amount of blood is this luck ranking. So we're going to see, Ken, we're going to see Kenneth if it's going to pan out. Because I do love the luck ranking because it's like, hey, no, this team's good. They just got bad luck. Trust me. We're going to see real quick. Now, if it they do have bad luck. Vandy and Missouri were bad luck. I would argue both Missouri losses were bad luck. Vandy certainly was. But that doesn't, to me, it's like, okay, they're bad in luck. Who cares? They are absolutely atrocious according to the eye test. But we're going to see. We're going to see. What does the common sense index tell you about Tennessee? Did you use that? The CSI like saying they I, did not make the uh, the Sweet Sixteen. I, I love that. I love that tweet by Jimmy. Like, CSI tells me that they are going to get beaten by Duke in the round of thirty-two. But I'm a fan, so I'm not abiding by the CSI. I'm putting all my chips in the luck basket. 
according to Kenneth Pomeroy. And we're just going to go with Tennessee has been an extremely, extremely unlucky team and they, that they are a top five team. And we will be going to the Sweet 16 at the least. I'm never going to look at the net ranking or any Kempom lists or Bart Torvik or shot charts, shot qualities. I will pay no more attention to them if Tennessee does not at least make the Sweet Six. Okay, for all the grief that he gets, and I like, I don't like the guy. He sucks. Okay, he's annoying. But for all the grief he gets, like you're better off just reading Joe Lunardi's weekly to bi-weekly bracketology updates over the course of the season. They will get you a better idea of what's going on then Ken Pomeroy, what's even the point of net, by the way? What's even the point? What's it? What's the point of net? I think it's just where they want you to track quad one wins now. I don't know. Like, do they even factor it in at all? I don't I don't know. Because if they know. did, why are we a four seed? Because they had to take the common sense index into account as well. Like, as much as, like, you're better off listening to Joe Lenardi. You know, you know, hey, he, you know, he's not the most accurate of, of bracketologists. We're told. I mean, he missed one team. I guess he missed some seed lines. Who cares? You're better off. You're better off reading Joe weekly to Bob weekly than you are than you are checking. And listen, I have Ken Palm and Torvik bookmarked on my work machine, my personal desktop, and my personal laptop. I check the sites all the time. So I'm talking. I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am to the flock. I will say it was a little annoying. Like, college football is like, hey, Bam would be favored over Tennessee, so we're going to rank them ahead of them. But, like, we were going to be favored over a lot of teams seated higher than us, so you just can't catch a break. I think, and and I think that the Alabama Tennessee football discourse, I think that was just kind of obfuscating the fact that they were only doing, it was because Hendon Hooker was out. That was it. They, they, like, they, they should have just come out and said that instead of saying, like, well, Alabama would be ranked ahead of Tennessee or favored. Like, dude, like, I don't think it was because of Hendon Hooker. I think it's because we got 60 points hung up on us by Shane Beamer. And that's what very unserious teams yeah, do. That, that, yeah. No serious teams have 60 points You're hung right. up by Shane Beamer. You're right. That, that certainly didn't help. That was worse than Hooker, in my opinion. Brother, big KBM guy asks, who is the X Factor going into the second weekend? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Seth's right when he says that pretty much everyone has to play well. Is there one guy that stands out more? I mean, Kumwa's too good to be an X-Factor. Like, can Meshack hit some jumpers? I mean, can Tyreek Key hit some shots? Uh, Key's probably, like, but the closest to definition of X-Factor because the expectations for him are pretty low. Although there are stats, like, when he actually plays well, we lose. So, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer the question. Like Maybe you, Jonas. You can't say, like, I can't say Josiah James can't go 1-7. Like, he, like. To me, maybe the X factor is this: uh, Julian Phillips getting to the free throw line. Yeah, maybe he's the X factor. Maybe Phillips is the guy. I was gonna say like in game one, Jonas has probably got to play pretty good defense because they got a pretty good big man, right? Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. He was sixth man in Pac-12. Yeah, like we need we need Jonas to kind of be able to guard the rim there and not foul, and probably against Duke too, against their big white guy out there. Because he's like he's like a top fifteen pick, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's a beast. I don't know if he's a top 15 pick, but he was a five-star, and he uh, it seems like he's pretty good, so I'd imagine he'll be a top 10 guy, top 15 guy. I'm going to go um, Julian Phillips getting to the free throw line. That's going to be um, my – okay, uh, so ESPN has Filipowski going 17th overall to the Heat. Um, 
That, so no, dumbass, he's not a top fifteen pick. Yeah, yeah, I knew he was. I didn't realize. Like I, I remembered him as a recruit, and then I was like, he must not be that good through like the first half of the year. And then I saw the other day, like he was projected to be pretty high pick. I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's. Well, that just says what you need to know about Duke and how kind of underachieving they've been all year is that they have a big ass, good white seven foot center, and we don't even really know much about him. Yeah, for sure. It's like Duke's just been kind of irrelevant all year. They're playing better now, of course, but it's not like they've been some great team. He's averaging 15 and 9. Uh, brother Marwan, a.k.a. Marwan, asks, one former Tennessee volunteer to add to this team, who is it, and does it take them over the top? Yeah, whenever uh, you said the name earlier, I was thinking C.J. Watson, just because this team needs a point guard. And he's our only NBA point guard we've ever had. Yep. I mean, Bernard King's our best player. Obviously, you throw him out there, he's going to get his buckets. We won't have to worry about scoring 50 points if he plays. Just imagine CJ Watson, somebody on this team being able to drive. Would be cool. Yeah, just being able to drive and play some defense. And like I said, he's our only like NBA point guard. I mean, he played in the NBA for nine or ten years, so he's tough. It'd be cool to have, yeah. Would be cool. Brother of an ass. Lofton. Lofton would be cool. Lofton and Vescovy, of course. But It would be cool to hit some threes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not taking Lofton, though. I'm not taking Lofton. Right, yeah. I mean, he's basically just a version of Tyreek Key. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I'm not even. That was clearly a joke. Brother Evan asks, do we anticipate toxicity levels never before seen when we get down early against Raging Cajuns? Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. No, the most. no, 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 no. It's never gonna be before seen. No, 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 no. Never before seen. No. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. Not ever. Before. It's gonna be like a standard high profile game. Yeah, it'll be like every other March or last year's first uh, last year uh, in some football games. I'm sure we had some. We we threw. We threw some pretty big tantrums. The most toxic I've ever gotten was the LSU game where the referee was an LSU fan, Anthony Jordan, and cost us an SEC championship. I broke my laptop, shutting down the Discord that day. Did you go to your your Facebook page and leave bad reviews on his – actually, that, that was a Kentucky guy, never mind. Did you go to your Facebook and look for pictures of him in LSU gear? No, I just remember looking at – I just remember people posting it, and it was just like, oh, okay, so we weren't crazy. Like, he is a legitimate LSU fan, and he was – refereeing the game that decided an SEC championship game. And I remember Dan Wolken talking about how Tennessee fans were crazy. And lo and behold, guess what? Anthony Jordan didn't get to call another SEC. Uh, he didn't get to call another LSU game. Um, I don't even know if he got to call another SEC game. Like He got banned from LSU games. It was like, no, Dan, we were right. We were right, as per usual. Butch Jones used to have me so damn toxic. As did Chiano Sunday, so I mean, I don't, I, one of those would probably have to be my my answer. Oh, I was just talking about in terms of Discord. I was just talking about in terms of Discord. Um, brother Brizzy, I, brother Brizzy, listen, we're being positive today. I've just been a I've just been a ball of positivity on this podcast. So I'm not going to ask your question if we're ready to fire Rick Barnes yet. Um, we'll 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 we'll, we'll sideline that question for a later date. Today is about clown makeup, Brizzy. Brother Sam Rose asks. And you're going to feel like a real clown when Barnes takes this team to the Final Four. Asking questions like that. <laughs> Brother Sam Rose asks, which opponent in our potential path to the title game do you think will give us the toughest time? <laughs> Every one of them. 
Uh, like we give ourselves the toughest yeah, time. Us, look into our mirror. We're our only opponents. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> watching this game, watching this team play at the best of times is not exactly like what I would describe as fun. The only fun game we had was Kansas. I feel like we kind of just beat their ass. Yep. Texas was fun as well. Brother TN Dash asks. What is your favorite March Madness moment? It's a good question. All right, so give me your favorite Vol moment, I guess, and then you can give me your favorite overall moment. Oof. Um, My favorite Vol moment was just J.P. Prince blocking. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that is for me, Evan too. Turner. That is for me, yeah. too. My overall favorite March Madness moment, I, don't, I really liked the uh, – this, the Bryce Drew Valpo buzzer breeder when I was little over Ole Miss. What year was that? I thought that was like 93, 94. I thought, I thought it was like 97, 98. Oh, okay, maybe. I don't know. I was a pretty late-blooming sports fan, honestly, because nobody in my like immediate life were sports fans, so it took me a while to kind of... Yeah, it was like 98. Turn. Bryce Drew was a first-round draft pick in the NBA. <laughs> Who knew? He was drafted 16th overall by the Rockets. Um, I liked that one a lot growing up. Um, I don't, I don't really know what my, I guess I don't really have a favorite March Madness moment from like other teams. I don't really care about other teams. All I care about is the Vols. And the moment the Vol, the moment the Vols goes out, any potential moment that I see that is great, I, it's, it tastes like ashes, Dash. It tastes like ashes because the Vols are the only thing I care about. When, I, when, he, when he asked the question, like, my mind went to a couple places. It went to uh, Gordon Hayward missing the half-court shot to win that championship. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. It goes back to a random Syracuse-Vermont game with Taylor Coppenrath just draining threes against, uh, against I guess, McNamara and them. I really liked as a kid when Hakeem Warwick blocked a three-pointer in the corner to win for Syracuse and Carmelo. I really liked Carmelo's team. I was on the wrong side of Memphis and Kansas. Uh, I think I would have won a bracket pool or had a big bet on Memphis to win the title in 08. So, like, Chalmers hitting that three hurt. The Carolina Duke – or the Carolina, excuse me, Carolina Villanova, you know, finale was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buzzer beater after the uh, Marcus Page, I believe was his name, shot, you know, it kind of tied it. That was kind of cool. The, the the northern Texas Iowa buzzer beater from several years ago was really really cool too. I mean, I really liked I I had um I, I had loved that Davidson team all year. I feel like I was one of the first people, at least in high school, my friend group, to kind of discover Steph Curry. So like, I was a sicko that was watching and betting on that level of college basketball. So I had them in the Elite Eight that year. So that was probably my favorite run. Yeah, because like the only other like good prediction I had was like in 06 picking Florida to win the title. The Harvard run, the Harvard Sweet 16 run was cool. I was like rooting for Corey Brewer and them after, which feels kind of sick to admit. But, yeah, the Davidson run is probably my favorite March memory moment, actually. Just watching Curry beat the hell out of people. Brother KT asks, would you steal food to feed your family? No, no, I tell my family to just grind harder. The answer, the, the, the answer is, is obviously yes. We don't want no handouts. We're going to grind harder. If my little babies 
were walking around emaciated with their ribs poking out. Yeah. I'm about to become Robin Hood, KT. I would tell your little baby to grind harder. Brother Bob asks, is it more shameful to pretend to care about English soccer or to pretend to care about MLS? I think it's uh, more shameful to pretend to care about the MLS just because the quality is so low. Now, I I do think, well, I I will say, like, if you're in East Tennessee caring about MLS soccer, it's one thing. If you're in Nashville and you go to the games, I still think it's unbecoming, but whatever. I'm all for being in a community and celebrating and things like that. Down in Atlanta, I'm sure there's a lot of United fans that oh, I'm sure. I'm sure like tons. partying, but like, how do you actually care about the game? You, don't. So you like, don't. You don't. Yeah, you don't. It's all, it's all about the vibes and atmosphere, so they're both shameful. They're both shameful, honestly. Like, caring about an English soccer team isn't much better. Because you know my rule, you know, you kind of got to root for the team closest to you. Like, you're pretending to care about something to cotton it away. But to me, like, I, I don't know. I've always found it very odd to have, like, a favorite, like, NASCAR or Formula One driver. That one's always seemed a little weird to me. Even, like, favorite golfer not named Tiger Woods has always seemed a little weird. Yeah, how, how, do you care, how do you care about a golfer that isn't Tiger Woods? Yeah, you that don't. one's always kind of. You don't. That one's always kind of been weird to me. You don't. It's just you don't. Maybe that's just because like where maybe that's just because where I grew up, a lot of like the racist dads and by proxy their sons were huge like Phil Mickelson fans, and like they took that fandom just really too seriously. I guess because he was the anti-Tiger, so maybe that's why I've always been turned off to the the golf fan. I don't know. Like I, I never knew one person that like liked Phil Mickelson. Oh, no, everyone in Athens, Tennessee loved them some Phil Mickelson. Loved him. I think it's just because they didn't want Tiger to be good. Well, I mean, I do know that from my friend's dad because he kept telling me that. The uh, the answer is for sure the MLS. It's impossible to take seriously. MLS, going to MLS games, it's the same thing as like St. Patrick's Day. It's just an excuse to get drunk. That's all that going to MLS games are, because you don't really care. It's impossible to care. It's impossible to go to an Atlanta United game and watch a soccer game in Mercedes-Benz and care. It's impossible to go to these soccer games in Nashville and and care. It's impossible. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It's, It's absolutely patently absurd. It makes me angry. He would always just say, why do they keep showing Tiger on TV? Why Just let, let him line up his shot. We got to watch him walk up. Show other golfers. They're hitting shots right now. We don't have to have a, ti- a camera on Tiger at all times. Oh, Tennessee Dash likes the MLS. That's like saying you can't get into the Ice Bears. You can't get into the Ice Bears. If you get into the Ice Bears, you need a tougher job. You need your 9 to 5 to occupy more space in your brain. You need a family. You need to go tell your mother that you love her. You need to go tell your sisters. Take your sisters out to eat. Hang out with your brothers. Hang out with your first cousins. You need to go do something with people that matter in your life. You cannot emotionally care about the Knoxville Ice Bears. You can't do it. You have a family. Go tell them that you love them and hang out with them. It's impossible. 
It's in, read a book. Read a book. You cannot compete. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad. You can't care about the MLS. You can't care about the Ice Bears. You can't even really care about the Premier League, even though the Premier League, uh, you know, is objectionably pretty cool. It's a cool league. It's a cool thing. It's cool that they have these teams in these neighborhoods and then get relegated and promoted. It's cool. But you can't really care because you, like me, are a redneck from the southeast. And you can like soccer, sure. But you don't really care. It doesn't even come close to what I feel when I watch my alma mater run through the tee. It doesn't even come close to what I felt when I saw Hinton Hooker sling that rock and beat Alabama. You don't really care, and you certainly don't care about the Ice Bears. Hockey isn't even real, bro. The last question I have before I leave is from Brother Mason, um, a retired troop. He asks for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You never never retire. That's right. You're never a retired troop. You're you're always a troop. That's right. That's, That's correct. That's correct. Producer, cut that out. He has a question for you. Have you decided what direction you want the Titans to go in terms of trying to stay as competitive as they can right now or trying a mini rebuild? I got to be honest, I haven't really given it much thought. I got Frank signed up for the uh, Wiener Dog races at the Ice Bear game in a couple weeks. We've been training for that. Okay. There you go. No, I uh I, I don't I never want to I never want to rebuild. I never want to rebuild. At least like I'm I'm fine. I don't want to tear it down. And I mean, like the a mini rebuild means what? I mean, you just reset for one year. Football is such a dangerous sport. Tanking is a lot different in it than it is in basketball. Can you really even once? Can you really even reset for just one year in the NFL? You really can't. So, like, I mean, and you know, if you told me like, hey, if we could be really bad and be zero and seventeen and get Caleb Williams, I would say, so what? Yeah, he looks great, but. Not every quarterback that looks great is great. There's a, The NFL draft picks are basically 50-50 in the first round, whether or not they're good or not. I think Caleb Williams is going to be really good. But I am. Uh, life is too short, and we only have a finite number of football games, and sitting through really, really bad football is terrible. Now, if you told me, hey, sit through really, really bad football, and I guarantee you win a Super Bowl in three years, of course I'd do it. But there's no guarantee for that. No guarantee. The Ice Bears, bro. You can't care about the Ice Bears. Can't get into the Ice Bears. It's an excuse to get drunk. Just like St. Patrick's Day. Just like the MLS. The Ice Bears. I think the Titans' defense is too good to really be bad enough to really tank. So, yeah, like, we were a Josh Dobbs fumble that maybe wasn't a fumble away from winning the division last year. So, I still think we're going to be good. I like this new GM. And a rebuild means that you might... Lose your veterans that you like, your young veterans you like, and maybe you have to fire Vrabel, and I don't want to do that yet. So I am all about trying to stay competitive. I do. My NFL Sundays need the Titans. I do love Mike Vrabel. How can he not? How can he not like Mike Vrabel? Because he holds on to his coordinators too long sometimes. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's all I got. Let's go to the Sweet 16. All right. So I'll uh, talk to you next week as we prepare for probably Purdue 
if I was guessing. I don't know, man. FAU, whew, they're a wagon. They look they, they they look good. They look good. Why? Because they beat UAB. Well, they've beaten a lot of good teams, but it was just Didn't the way you barely survive like their semifinals or quarterfinals game. Yeah, they had to come back. See, you should say it's not terrible. They, I mean, they're they're I'm really saying, good. Let's hold on, calling them a wagon. I saw that barely win a they're, game. They're they're good. They're good. They're good. There's a lot of good teams. Like I said, every team won their conference tournament except UT. How many conference USA teams got in the tournament? Just one. Just one. But I mean, so don't tell me conference USA is good then. It's not like I get it. It's you not, love Andy Kennedy. It's bro. not like the SoCon. It's not like the SoCon is, is what I'm saying. You don't have to pretend like it's good. It's not terrible. They barely hung on against Middle Tennessee State. Maybe hold off on calling them a wagon. They're good, dude. They're good. Well, I mean, I know Florida Atlantic is. I mean, they have to be good to at least be a nine seed. I'm just yeah. For, I mean, for a conference. team for a team in that uh, position to be to be a nine seed, they're good. Yeah, yeah. What is the Memphis spread? What is the Memphis spread? You know, I actually haven't looked. I haven't seen. Probably a coin flip if I was guessing, but I, I, Memphis maybe a couple point favorites. <laughs> Memphis looked. looks really good too. You going to uh, go to Madison Square Garden with me next week? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. All right, let's keep that. Let's keep that line open. Yeah. Talk to you later, brother. Love you. Love you too. Bye bye.